Good morning, everybody. Today, Bezat Hashem, we'll be learning Daf Mem Gimel, if we get there, in Maseches Gitin. Um, yeah, I remember now why I was traumatized. You have to understand, Barry, I was 16 years old after coming out of Hank. Uh, we had amazing Rebbeim in Hank. I think Rebbe Yitzchak Frankoschlita was just on Rebbe Arlovsky's podcast, I'm told. Glanzi sent me the link. The point is, uh, we're not at the level of being in uh, high sheer at YU, straight out of Hank. No, 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 because I didn't go to Israel that year uh, until later. Anyway, so the point is, Chatzie Evet, Chatzie Ben Chorin. I was out of my depths. Okay, so, and now we know why, but at least I, we're going to try to understand it a little bit better. The Chatzie Evet, Chatzie Ben Chorin really does shed, shed a lot of light on Shtaros, on the status of the Evet, etc. And so now, Ibailahu, 12 lines down, I'm in Beis, I'm in Beis. Hang in there, Dr. Muscat, it gets good here. Um, so the good news is this is another topic about uh, it's kind of a standalone topic um, not, we don't have to catch up on everything we learned yesterday the question over here is that's a fascinating status for an Evid what is the he's already let's see Rashi in other words we have cases where an Evid goes free. So they go free. But uh, we'll see. In certain cases, there's a machlokas. But in these cases, there's not a machlokas. This is a case where their Evid is not completely, completely free. Because why? As Rashi continues, give examples. So so there's three scenarios that Rashi brings up. Makdish, right? So a person is Makdish as Evid. He no longer has real jurisdiction over his Evid because it's Hekdesh now, as we've said, right? Uh, or he made the Evid Hefker. So he no longer has jurisdiction over the Evid, but the Evid is still lacking an actual document of release, right? He's still lacking his Shtar Shechur. So he's Nishtahin and Nishtahir in that sense. And then our case is a perfect example. Chetzi Evid, Chetzi Ben He's neither here nor there. And to Tnan Kofen Esrabo, what he means by that is, well, remember, in our Mishnah, Hillel agreed with Shammai in the end to say that the status of the Sevet is it's pending, right? If you look at his status on the website, it says Shichur pending because everybody holds that he has to be Meshachar. Shammai and Bezal both agree that, that, that he has to be freed So uh, once he's a half Evet, half Ben-Chorin. So he's kind of a mixed... Uh, and he's half freed, and he's lacking a get shechur. What's the question of the Ibailu? Yesh lo knas or ain lo knas? Right. Would he get a knas? What's the case if he's killed, right, by, by a shore? So normally, if an Evid is killed by a shore while he's under complete servitude, the payment goes to the Evid's master. Whereas if the Evid is killed by a shore after he's been freed completely, it would go to his heirs. Okay? So the question is. This is a chati evet chati ben chorin, and does it go to the master or does it go to the heirs? So says the Gemara. So kesef shloshim shkolim yitain la adonav amarachmana. When you look at the Torah, the Torah actually discusses the scenario of an evet getting gored, and when the Torah discusses it, it says you give the shloshim shkolim uh, that there's a certain monetary amount, thirty shekel, you give to the master. That's when he is his master, right? The pasuk says again when the slave is still under servitude. And, and he gets gored, the money goes to the master, and the Pasuk says what? La Adonav. He has to be master in every way, right? 
says the Gemara, v'hai lav adon hu, right? In, in, in any of these scenarios, let's take the chatzia v'chatzim and charen, right? So there, the master is not entirely master because again, Basila would say he has to get rid of him already. He's halfway out the door. That's not a master, so why should the master get the money? That's one way of looking at it. The other way, says the Gemara, O Dilma came in the Mechusar get Shikhur, Adon Krinabe. Maybe you would say that since he's lacking, the Evid is lacking get Shikhur, that the master is still considered his master, which is to say, maybe the mastery uh, title is always going to be in place until the official document is handed. So the Gemara wants to see which way is it? Who's going to get this Knas? So Tashma, Hemis, Mishachas, Yavir, Chesub, and Chorin, Nosen Chatzik Knas, Larabo. We already mentioned this brisa, this brisa we learned yesterday, that that if an ox kills a chazi ben chazi then the rav, then the master gets half of it, and the slaves, right, yorshim get half of it. So wait a minute, says the gemara, my love commissioner chorna, and can't we assume that we held like basil here that it already was talking about the. Right, period of time where everybody agreed that this Evid was half, halfway out the door. Well, if that's the case, if we already agreed to that, then that would mean that this Brisa would support the idea that even though the slave still didn't get his Shtar Shikhar, right, that, that he, that he is awarded, right, um, that even though he's still a slave, but he's already a free man, right, even though, again, since it's the Mishnah Achrona, which is to say, even though Hillel would agree that he's already one foot out the door, still the master retains half of the, uh, uh, of the payment, right? In other words, which is the Chiddush here, right? The, the Bryce splits it down the middle. It says that the Yorshim get half and the master gets half. Well, the Chiddush, according to Argamar, is that the master still retains half because Argamar is saying, well, we already learned in our Mishnah that the master has no choice but to release him completely at this point. And so once he has no choice but to release him completely, is he still considered a master? Yes. To the extent that he would get half the kofar according to the b'risa, right? He would get ha- half the payment. However, the, the Gemara says, lo, commissioner Ishona. You know, when you're looking at a b'risa, you never know. Is this piece of Tanaic material, right? Uh, how is its time stamped? Maybe it's going according to Beis Hillel in the Mishnah Rishona before he agreed with Beit Shammai. And therefore, if he didn't agree with Beit Shammai yet, so that would mean that he still thinks that the master retains half. And that would actually make sense. Because, you know, why would the Evid's Yershim get half, right? So, uh, in other words, it's consistent with what Beis Hill might have said before he agreed with Beit Shammai, which is to say that the Evid, who's half freed, is half owned. And if that's the case, then he would get half the Kofar, and that would make sense. And now 18 lines down, we're going to have to try to give a different proof as to who gets the Knas in a case of a Gord Evid, as follows. Tashma, hepil es shino. What would happen if a master knocked out a slave's tooth? So the... Or Vesimes Eno, or blinded him. Yotze Bishino, Venosa Deme Eno. So we know that when it comes to knocking out a tooth or an eye, that immediately a slave goes free. Okay. Is this or Bishogig? Uh, you're saying, does it matter whether it's Bemezer or Bishogig? Uh, we, we have to look at the Psukim. I, I assume that it has to be. I, I don't actually know. Um, does it matter whether, whether it's Bemezer or Bishogig? Um, you know, the reason why he's going out, right, is, is why? Because the master did it on purpose. Um, uh, so I actually, let's see, in Maseches Nagaim, there's 24 Roshe Evarim, right? 24 uh, limbs uh, in a different context. 
And that's what we're trying to figure out, which of the limb would qualify to, to get him out. Evid Yotze Becheris. Hmm. Uh, I don't know. That's a good question, Barry. It, does it have to be... Uh, I could see it both ways, right? On one hand, you could say, well, if it was on purpose, then you better get out of there. Uh, and that's why he has to go free. On the other hand, you could say, well, even if it's not on purpose, it's like workman's comp, right? Like something happened to the Evid, so he shouldn't have to work anymore. I don't know. Uh, it's probably basic, right? It's probably in the Chumash. We'll have to look back at that. I'll get back to you, Bezat Hashem. He feels she Vesimas Eno sounds intentional, but I'm not sure. Anyway, the question here is, certainly if he knocked out his, his tooth or his eye, he would have to pay, he would have to, what? He would have to set him free. The question is, what if he did it consecutively? That's the question, right? Um, so the issue is here, let's say he knocked his tooth out first. So now the slave is going free, right? In other words, it's consecutive. So already just from the loss of one limb, he's going free. After he's already gone free, then he knocks out his tooth, or then he knocks out his eye. So the Brysa says, well, then you pay this slave the value of his lost eye. In other words, in the first lost limb, that's the one that sets you free. And then the second lost limb is the one where the slave, as a free man, collects damages. Yeah, I don't know. Do you, I don't even know a regular case what the halacha is yet. We have to learn Baba Barry. Like in a regular case... If, God forbid, I accidentally knock somebody's tooth out, do I pay for that? I assume so, but, uh, uh, right, in terms of just the monetary, right, the, that question. And then it could be a different halacha for, for, for being freed. Anyway, here's the, here's the deal. How does this, how does this uh, uh, pertain to us? I'll say it outside first. What happens when a master knocks out the slave's tooth? The slave is then designated to go free but he hasn't given him a star shikhar yet, right? But it's like in the same brawl, he first knocked out his tooth. So the, they get into a fight. Let's say it is intentional, just to get away, get away from Barry's question. It's intentional, they get into a, a physical altercation. So first the tooth gets knocked out. Now the evidence is allowed to go free. Then he punches him again in the eye. Now at that point, the evidence is already considered no longer an evid, but he's not yet gotten a star shikhar. And yet the Bryce says that the evid gets paid for that. So you see that the evid gets paid, that despite the lack of get shikhar, he already, right, gets, uh, is considered free with respect to getting paid. That's what the Gemara is going to say as follows. Says the Gemara. If you're going to say, right, that the knas has to go to his, right, to to the to the master that was a case where even if somebody else injured the slave you pay the damages to the rab what would you say in this case where the where the uh, master hits his own slave and has not yet given him a get shukhar. You're going to say that he's going to pay himself, that the master should pay himself because he hasn't given him a get shukhar yet and therefore he's still considered the master that doesn't make any sense the Gemara says, yes, yeah. so therefore this should be a, in other words, this should be a proof to the fact that the Evid is considered financially independent, even though he's not yet gotten a get shikhar, therefore the Evid should get the kofar. However, the Gemara says, Dilma command Amar Yeah, maybe the Bryce is following who's the Manda Amar. The Manda Amar here, there was a machlokas uh, that we're about to read, where we have a question as to whether this very exceptional case, where it ever goes free by virtue of getting assaulted, we'll say on purpose, in this case, right, we're going to say that 
maybe is the one exception where he does not need a get shukr. In other words, we're not going to go through the formality, right, of having to give you a document to start to free you if the reason why you left is because you got assaulted. We say, just get out of there, right? As follows. Let's see, read it in the Bryce of the Tanya. So this is, what, uh, this is what I was referring to before when I was reading the Rashi in Masechus Nagaim. It says, any one of these 24 right limbs, the Evet should go free. But you need a get shechur. Diva Rabbi Shmuel. This in the Bryce, so we have several opinions. Rabbi Shmuel says, you need to get shechur in all these cases. Rameir, Omer, Enotzarach. Meir says, you don't need to get Shechor. Eliezer Meir Tzarech, you do need to get Shechor. Itafan Omer ain't Tzarech. Itafan agrees with Meir. Rabbi Kiva Omer Tzarech. Rabbi Kiva says, you do need to get Shechor. Hamachrim lifnei hachamim, those decide, right? So they sat down and they are, right? We don't know who they are, but somebody had to be Mechriah on this big machlokas. They said, what? Nir and Diver Rabbi Tarfan b'shein ve'ayin. That it looks like when it comes to Shein Ve'ayin specifically, that you don't need a get shechur. Horel Why? Because Shein Ve'ayin are exactly the Avarim, right? The limbs that are mentioned in the Torah. But Divir Rabbi Kiva Bishar Avarim. And Rabbi Kiva, you see how prominent he was, right? They, even though he ha- espoused the position of a lot of these different Tanaim, it's Rabbi Kiva who says that you need a get shechur. So again, Rabbi Kiva says you'll need a get. So this is how they paskind. That if it's any other limb other than the eye and the teeth, you're going to need to get shechor. If it's not the if it's the eye and the teeth, you do not need to get shechor, right? So why Rabbi Kiva says b'shari varim you're going to need a star shechor because holu knas chachamim hu. Not really knas, essentially knas. In other words, since right those limbs are not explicitly mentioned in the Torah, so maybe that's considered more of a derabanan, and therefore you need to get shechor to make sure that the eved goes free. However, what's going on in the brisa? The brisa indicates that if it's an eye or a tooth. So then the Evid goes free, and that's exceptional, right, in the sense that you do not need to get Shechor at all. And therefore, the case uh, that we brought is not exactly a good, a good proof, because obviously, once an eye or a tooth gets knocked out, then the su- any subsequent payment already would go to the slave, because he goes free even in the absence of a get Shechor. And therefore, it does not in- inform our question as to whether, in a normal case, Right? Uh, when an Evid, let's say, is, is, is where, whether an, you have a Chatsi Evid, Chatsi Mencharin, or the Evid, or the Evid gets, uh, Hefker, whether a lack of Getchechor would indicate that it's, that the Evid owns himself or not, because the case of getting the eye and the tooth knocked out is exceptional in the sense that the Evid for sure owns himself after that, not so much in the other cases. So now the Gemara says, first of all, Knas Chachamim Hu. Knas asks the Gemara? What do you mean it's a Knas Chachamim? It's a drasha of the Pasuk. Why'd you say that it's a Darabanan? Right? This whole idea of whether you would need a get shikhur. In other words, the, the Bryce said that you need a get shikhur in the case where it's the other Avarim, because that's Midarabanan. That's not Midarabanan. It's an interpretation of the Araisa. So that's what the Gemara says. That's really what the Gemara meant. It doesn't really mean that it's a Darabanan. It just means that Chazal interpreted the Pasuk to refer to the 24 limbs that are mentioned in the Gaim, not only the eye and the tooth that are mentioned in the Torah. And therefore, since they interpret it, certainly it's Doraisa. We see this all over Shas, right? We have an interpretation that's Doraisa, and the whole thing is a Din Doraisa, but since it comes from Adrasha, we have belt and suspenders. On top of the uh, Doraisa, we'll also make him give a Shtar Shechur. But in the Shein Ve'ayin, that's explicit in the Chamesh, we're not going to make him give a Shtar Shechur. Okay, so 17 lines up, Ibailu. Uh, let's go back to uh, get shikhur, right? So Meukav get shikhur, he's freed, but he doesn't have a star yet. Ochel betruma or ain't ochel. So we discussed knas. Now we're going to talk about does the Evid still eat truma? That's a fascinating question. Uh, let's go over this. The Evid of a master, 
right, if the master is a coin, certainly can eat truma. That's for, that's for sure true. Uh, so let's see. The Gemara says, Amar Kinyan Kaspo, right? So again, the Torah says Kinyan Kaspo, it's referring to the Kohen, that any, anything that's his financial, uh, uh, right, anything that's financially his can eat truma, okay? The high law of Kinyan Kaspo, wait, but this slave is no longer Kinyan Kaspo. So now we're presenting both sides of the issue, right? He's no longer working for the master, right? This is already a master that, this is a chatziyah v'chatziyah with one foot out the door. Let's go according to the mission of Basra Vesilal, right? He, he's no longer really working for him. He's got more than one foot out the door. You could tell. He's, his cars, he's not showing up to any of the uh, huddles. He's not showing up to, to work anymore. So he's not Kenyan Kaspo. So in that sense, he shouldn't be allowed to eat truma anymore. Oh, Dilma came in the Mechusar get Shikhar at Kenyan Kaspo Bay. Or maybe you would say that officially he's still on the payroll, even though he's not going to get paid and he's not going to come into work, but he's not yet gotten his official papers, and therefore he's considered Kenyan Kaspo, and he should still, until he gets the official papers, be allowed to eat Truma. That's the question, right? So the Gemara says, Tashma, the Amar of you'll recall this from Yavamas Ein Test. We already discussed this case. Kohena Shinis Arev Vlad Remember these cases? You have the mixed, the baby's mixed at birth in, in the nursery. So now, um, it happens to be, you see this a lot in, in the, in the firm world, uh, Andrew, where the, the slave and, and the Cohen's wife and the Cohen's shifra are pregnant at the same time. You know, it's like the old joke walking down the aisle. It's not, not really, but you know, they, they're both pregnant at the same time and you can't tell the babies apart. So now we don't know. So they, I mean, but they both can eat truma. Because one is an actual Kohen and one is a slave of a Kohen. What's the problem? So there's no problem. They're both going to eat Truma. However, right? What's this? They both have to bring the Tudat Zahut when they go to the Goren. Why? Because what happens is like this. Both, the, both kids, as, they, as they're growing up as children, have to go and pick up their one portion of truma for the family. Why? Because one of them is an Evid and one of them is a, we saw this was a Durabanan, one of them is an Evid and one of them is an official Kohen, but the one that's an Evid, you don't allow Avadim, and this is a very important point, Andrew, if you ever are to become a Kohen and have a lot of slaves, um, you have to understand that you can't just send your, I know you don't want to go, you want to do everything Amazon and, and, and whatever, but you don't want to go to the Goren to get up your truma yourself. You're going to send your Evid to go get your truma. That's what an Evid's for, right? Go get the groceries. But you can't because anybody who gets truma from the Goren is presumed to be a Kohen. And therefore there is a Darabanan, you might recall from Yavamos, there was a Gzera Darabanan that the Avadim are not allowed to go pick it up. The Kohanim have to pick it up themselves because if the Avadim were to pick it up, people would presume maybe they're Kohanim. And that would lead to problems because they're not Kohanim. When they get freed and they're full-fledged Jews, they're Jews, but you can't become a Kohen. You can't undo that, right? So they just become Israeli when they become full-fledged Jews. So the Yavadim are never allowed. That's one area, the one errand you're not allowed to send them on is to go get the Truma. But here, we don't know which one is the Kohen. So they have to both go together because one of them is the Kohen, one of them the Yavid. They present their two dots of and we give them their portion of Truma. Fine. Then he gdilu hatarobas meshachar and said then, when this Tarovis, which is, you know, these children mixed at birth, uh, reach adulthood, they have to be Meshachar each other, because one of them is the Kohen and one of them is the Eved. And now they're both going to do what? Well, uh, they're both going to be free. Okay. Either way, right, they're going to work for each other, but they can both eat Truma uh, until then. So the point is, until then, they're all allowed to eat Truma. And what? Until then, they're not allowed to work for each other uh, because one of them is not an Evid. 
So it's a very mixed up case, but the point of this mixed up case is that they're both going to get freed, and yet, even though they're both about to get freed, mind you, Barry, when they get freed, they're not allowed to eat truma, right? That's the irony. As a slave, they're allowed to eat truma. As a free man, they're not allowed to eat truma because by definition, they're Israel. So here, you have a child that's for sure going to get freed. He's not going to be considered a Kohen. So he's not going to get an aliyah or eat truma. But so long as he's not freed, he's allowed to eat truma even though he might be a free man, uh, even though he, right, a free, he might, even though he know, we know that he's going to be eventually a free man, because that's the halacha. So you see, he's a mechuser get shechur, and he's allowed to eat truma. Okay, so the Gemara says, hachi, hashta, really? That's your proof that a mechuser get shechur eats truma? Yeah, when Eliyahu Navi comes, and this is all out of Suffolk, right? This is not a real case. Right, if Eliyahu were ever to determine if there was any way to figure it out or do DNA testing, you are the father and figure out, if they go on uh, Murray Povich and figure out who the father is, so then you're going to know who is who, and we're going to eventually, well, we'll straighten it out, right? We're going to say the evidence Kenyan Kaspo, and therefore you could eat the Truma. But Hachalav Kenyan Kaspo Huklal, right? But in the case where, so, so, so there is a, so, right, so there is a possibility that it's Kenyan Kaspo, uh, a full fledged Kenyan Kaspo. And that's why he can eat truma, as opposed to in our case where the Evid was half on his way out, so then he's no longer Kenyan Kaspo. In other words, it's not at all the same mechanics. It's not the same concept at all. Our concept is the guy is halfway out, does he still eat truma? That's not the case of the Suffolk. The case of the Suffolk is out of Suffolk, you're eating the truma now because you just don't know. These are two very different conceptual issues, and therefore one does not shed light on the other. Okay, so six lines up. Ibailu, Evid, Shemachor, Rabbal, Knas. Machor, Eino, Machor. Okay, a new question. Unrelated case. Partial ownership of a, of a slave. An Evid sold what? He, uh, an, uh, a master sold, not his Evid. He retained all of the Evid's right work. However, in every way, except for he sold his life insurance policy. Right? Machor um, Laknas. Now, you could do that, right? People sell whole life insurance policies. He sold the Evid, which is to say... Barry, uh, Andrew went to Barry, he says, listen, I'm gonna, I'm, I, I want to keep the Evid. I'm all into, back into Avadim now, but you know, I want a little extra cash. If anything would happen to him, if he was going to get gored and killed, you get the life insurance payment. Okay, so Barry will pay a little bit for that. So, machor or ain't a machor? Can you sell just a life insurance policy? After all, Barry's not the master. Andrew, in this case, is the master. So, how does Barry get the life insurance policy? How, can you sell that? Or do you have to be the Adon to collect it? So the Gemara, Tibayla Rebeir, Tibayla Rabbanon. Yeah, you can understand it's either Rebeir or according to Rabbanon in a totally different context that we saw in Ksubis. Unbelievable. Tibayla Rebeir, Adkan Lokam Rebeir, Adam Makne Davashilobala Olam. Yeah, in other words, whether you hold, again, there's this concept, right, you can spend two months on every line. There's a concept called Davashilobala Olam. Davashilobala Olam is can you sell futures, right? Can you sell something that's not extant in your hand? Uh, right, we have credit cards. We don't even understand what it means not to deal with theoretical money. But in those days, right, theoretical money was a real machlokas. Rabbi Meir said that an, uh, that a person could be makna davashilobal olam. You could sell futures. However, the context of Rabbi Meir said so. In that case, maybe you could do that with the with the uh, sell the life insurance policy. However, he only said that could go into peros dekel. Davidu Dasu, Peros Dekel. Yeah, the Machlokas that they had, we'll see it again in Kedushin, that's the Locus Classicus for this, but uh, the Machlokas that they had had to do with, can you sell the eventual fruit that will be on the tree? Well, guess what? The tree is here. 
It's a fruit tree. Those fruit are coming. And therefore, it is in that context that Rameyer said that you could sell the fruit. Okay, David Dasu, because that will come. That's in normal circumstances. Here, concerning the heaven, me, Amar, how do you know that he's going to get gored even? Right? Maybe he's going to outlive his master. And even if he does get gored, does every uh, ever to get gored, does the person pay? At very symmetrical time, 6 a.m., we finally arrive on Gimel Alf. Dilma Modeo Mifter. Yeah, Rashi explains that we learned that a mode of knas putter, if a person, if the person who, the, the, really this is a knas payment, right, as we've said, right, we call it a knas, and therefore, if the owner um, is mode, he's going to be putter. So in other words, there's many scenarios where this is not, this is not just a dover shalobala olam, this is a scenario where like four different degrees of separation where this scenario may never even happen. So if the scenario is not going to happen, so then that's definitely not something you can sell. So life policy, life insurance policy, you cannot sell, even according to a mayor who sells theoretical futures. Or you could say the opposite, the converse. With the Tipeula Rabbanon, the Rabbanon, who normally would say that you don't sell anything that's futures, that's Adkan Lokami Rabbanon, Eino Makta Dovashilobal Olam Elke Gon Paris Dekel. Yeah, when it came to Locus Classicus, the original argument between Rabbanon and Rabbi Meir, that was with fruit of a tree. The Hashta Miha Lisnehu, which are not yet in existence. We got the shore, we got the Eved, we got all the ingredients of a shore goring an Eved, and all of the ingredients are extant, right? They're all in, our, in front of our eyes, and therefore maybe even Rabbanon normally are not are going to allow it, actually, in this case. So the, the, this is just a nice digression into and a long way of saying that that machlokas with regards to fruit trees does not apply to the life insurance policy of an Eved. So then, therefore, the Gemara asks, my, so what would then be the Allah? So the Gemara says, I'm a Rabbah, Toshma. Uh, let's go see from this proof. Vilid bayit. Right? The, the Torah, the Chumash says that the lead bayit, that the child of a Shifcha Kananit can eat truma. Ma Talmud Lomar, im kenyan kesef ochel, yilid bayit lo kol In other words, what is it, why is the Torah saying a yilid bayit? Why is it adding it? Are you trying to say that, wouldn't you know that? I mean, if an Evid can eat truma, certainly a ch- your child can eat truma, right? Isn't that obvious? So yilid bayit might, must be teaching you something extra. So the the Bible says, "Ilochen aisi Omer, Makin and Kesef Sheish Bashava Kesef Ochel, Afili Bayit Sheish Bashava Kesef Ochel." Yeah. In other words, if all the pasuk had told you was that slaves can eat truma, then you would have thought, well, uh, that any just like a slave can eat truma, right? Only if he has monetary value. Maybe a child in the house can eat truma only if he's like actually working for his right. If he has any value, which is to say, maybe babies can't eat truma. Maybe, maybe you have to be useful around the house to eat truma. And so how do you know that even useless babies, so to speak, right, financially useless, that are money sucks, uh, uh, can also eat truma? That's why you need you lead by it. So you need you lead by it. It's not so obvious. A slave, at least, is working for you. So that's why he eats truma. Your child isn't working for you, and yet he too can eat truma, even if he is not yet contributing to the household income. Right, so still I might say, okay, that a slave, maybe whether he's, what about a slave, right? Can he eat truma regardless? Like again, slaves have, sometimes slaves have children or sometimes you have a useless slave. Do they also eat truma? Right, because after all, a slave is a Kenyan kesef. He's not a, he's not a elite bias. So what would you say? That if he's, 
both if he has two strikes against it. Well, if he's a slave and he also is worthless, would you say that he cannot eat truma? Talmud Lomar, Kenyan Kaspo Vilid Beso. The fact that it has the Vilid Beso, it can it uh, apply implies this equivalency that both of them, right, in every scenario, uh, which comes out to say that even a useless Evid, any Evid or any child, whether useful or not, can eat truma. As the Gemara continues to say, just like a child, even if they're not contributing the truma, so too, an Evid would be able to eat, even if he's a non-contributing Evid. <laughs> what is this Brysa teaching you? Unbelievable. Says the, I mean, you have to be a genius to tease this out. <laughs> if you're going to say that you could sell a life insurance policy of an Evid, so then there is no case of a useless Evid, because at the very least, they have their life, and you could sell their life insurance policy. So then how do we have a discussion about a useless Evid if you could sell their life insurance policy? Must be that there's no such thing as a useless Evid. Uh, it must be that you can't sell their life insurance policy, and that's how you arrive at having a useless Evid. So the Gemara, in, Ika Evid Trefa. No, there is a case of a useless Evid, because if we know that if an Evid is a Trefa, right, he's about to die, so then nobody would buy the life insurance policy, right? It's worthless if he's on his deathbed. You can't sell a life insurance policy for somebody on their deathbed. So therefore, he is, there is such a scenario of a useless Evid. Ah, the Chazi Lamekam Kamei. No, wait a minute. Even if he's a Trefa, and he's kind of like, already on his way out, he could still do some things. Maybe he can like look at the master's emails until he dies. So the Gemara says, no, uh, he's, he's totally out of commission. He's, right, he's filled with boils. He can't do anything. So then, okay, or, and he's disgusting, etc. Okay, and he's a trefa, right? So therefore, nobody's buying his life insurance policy. He's not contributing anything. And there is such a thing as a useless evid. And therefore, since there is such a thing as useless evid, even if you could sell the life insurance policy, so that means that we don't know yet whether you can sell the life insurance policy. Fine. And that is life insurance policy. We don't know the true answer. We're not, we're not getting answered, but we're getting very interesting questions here. Okay, back to Chatsi Evid, Chatsi Ben Chorin. All right, let's get married. Wait a minute. Our Mishnah says it's impossible to get married. Yeah, but what if he was Makadesh, a free woman? But he can't. So, So now we learn a double standard. Right? The, the, the halacha is, and we're going to learn in Kedushin, but the halacha is, Bezat Hashem, that a man can actually give half of himself to, to a woman. Uh, but he can only take all of her. That's, a, that's an easy way to remember it, right? Because men sometimes don't give all of themselves and they expect all of their, of the wife. So here is, so again, this is a Jew guy and he says, regular shiduchim, he says, I'm going to give you half of me. He'd catch you lechetzi, right? Mikudashas. She is mikudashas. Dechazi lekula. Because she's eligible to all of him and therefore she'll take half of him. Halochazi lekula. But that, however, right, seems to imply that if she can't take all of him, like in Chatsi Evid, Chatsi Ben Charon, maybe not, right? Right? And if you're going to say, like, a Ben Yisrael is Makadish Chatsi Isha. So that we know, like we just said, that does not work, right? To be Makadish half of himself to a whole woman, that works. To Makadish all of him to half woman, that will never work. Why? Because you need to have a full Kenyan, and this is a partial acquisition of the woman, so to speak. And here, the Evid did not limit 
his acquisition. In other words, you had a Chatsi Eved Chatsi Ben Chorin, right? And therefore, he wanted to be Kona the entire woman. So here, that in that sense, he should be acquiring her. Again, this is Usr, right? He's not supposed to be doing that because as we've said, you have to free him because he has no recourse. But if he did it, would it work? So we say on one hand, he's trying to Makadish all of her. On the other hand, she only gets half of him. Well, so if he Makadish all of her, that should work. But she only getting half of him, maybe that should work, maybe it shouldn't. The other half is not really Shaykh to her. So my, what would be the Allah? So the Gemara says, Tashma, Back to this hawk, right? If you kill the we know that half goes to the Yorshim and half goes to the Rab. But now we're going to tease out, right, if an ox kills him, the, the case we've mentioned three times already. So now the question is, we're going to tease another halacha out of this, Bryce, as follows. It says, Oh, oh, wait a minute. That's a great question. If you're going to say that the Kiddushin doesn't really work, what are Yorshav? Where are the Yarshim, right? In other words, you need to have a legal status in order to have Yorshim, right? Yorshim doesn't mean just offspring, just kids. If you have a slave, right, they're not legally considered his children. That we learned in Yavamas already, um, on Samach Bez. So the only way Chatzyev and Chatzyev and Choron would ever even have Yorshim is if the Kedushin really worked. Ah, oh, so maybe the Kedushin does work. So Amar Ravada Baravak, Shaso Trefa. Now, it really means that the Evid was on his deathbed when he uh, professed his love for the woman and tried to marry. Umar Yorshim, what does it mean, Yorshim? Nafshe. It means himself. Oh, okay. So therefore, yeah, of course he doesn't have Yorshim, but he himself gets it because he's freed. So Amar Rav, stay true as Bedavar. Rav points out astutely there's two issues here. Cha, the Yorshim Katani, first of all, it says Yorshim. It doesn't say himself. So that's confusing if that's what you're trying to say. Ve'od, koferhu. Ve'omer Ishlokish, kofer mishtam, Yeah, this payment of an, a gored slave, that's called a kofer. That, that, that's, called, that's the kind of knas you only pay after he dies. Well, there, so, if, so by definition, right, it's a zero-sum game. If he's not dead yet, he's not collecting. Well, once he's dead, he's not the Yorshim anymore. So it doesn't work. So Elama Rava, Rava has to give a different suggestion. Ro'oilitol. The Brisa means that the, that the Yorshim would be able to receive it. Were there Yorshim? Ve'enlo. However, there are no Yorshim. In other words, in theory... He, it doesn't go to the Baal because the Baal doesn't own that half of him. So it goes to the Evid, but the Evid's dead. So it would theoretically go to the Yorshim, but he can't have Yorshim because he couldn't get married in the first place. So it's all a theoretical abstract, Barry. Rava is comfortable in the theoretical abstract. Okay. So six lines down in the wide, I'm a Rava. We said you can't marry half a woman. So now we're flipping it, the script, right? What if she's, right? Yeshua likes the Chatsi, Shifcha Chatsi Baschorin. Can he marry her? So Darsh Arba Ravuna, Kashem Shemakadish Chatsi Isha, Enemy Kudeshes, Chatsi Shifcha Chatsi Baschorin, Shin Skacha, Enemy Kudeshes. The identical halacha, right? Just like Rava said, Rabbi Baravuna said, it doesn't work. You can't marry Chatsi Shifcha Chatsi Baschorin. So I'm like, Christo, me dummy? Wait, how are you comparing these cases? Um, in the case of a chatzi woman, right? How are you comparing a half woman? How are you how are you comparing marrying a woman half of a full woman, marrying half of a woman to chatzi shivcha chatzi bechar? When you marry half of a woman, right? Shir bekinyana, right? The the other right, the man, right, is limited to how much. In other words, he's limited by himself, he himself limited how much he can take. Right? But in the case of a Chatsi Shifcha, 
he didn't leave anything over. He was Mekadosh everything that he could. So those two cases maybe are not comparable. Now, you can't say that a case where he could have married all of her, but he chose to marry half of her, that's not a full Kenyan because he intentionally only was Kone a portion of it. That is never going to be good. But in the case of Chatsi Shifcha Chatsi Bachorin, he tried to be Mekadosh as much as he could. So maybe it is a full Kenyan. So the Gemara says, no. Made, right, somebody like, he announced that he retracted and he was Dorish as follows. It says, A stumbling block. The Torah is in your hand. This is a whole Pasuk in Isaiah discussing, right, the menu Rishalayim that they used to come and they say, Come, this is a stumbling block. They refer to the Torah like, Can you remove this annoying stumbling block from there? Because what happened is, when a person doesn't understand the words of the Torah, you sometimes actually stumble. However, the Goranowitz Musser moment, and we're experiencing even it right now as we speak, that nobody is going to eventually become a Gadol Batara unless they fall and stumble a little bit. Nobody's born understanding everything right away. Here we go. The Musser moment. You're never going to become a big Tamil Chacham unless you struggle a little bit. Okay? So this is what Rabbi Baravuna, the great. Sage is speaking about himself. He said, yeah, I think I messed up in my, I'm looking at my notes and I can't believe how I understood this. Yeah, but now I know. Yeah, now that's far makes sense. Yeah, the far we said before, the aforementioned far the Mekadosh Chatsi Isha, that'll never work because it's a partial Kenyan. But a Chatsi Shifcha Chatsi yeah, that should be Kiddushin, he says of himself. He says, that which I initially thought was uh, controversial. Now I understand it more clearly. Beautiful. Maybe we still to understand all of Shas clear as we go through it again and again. So my time, Rabbi says, just like we said before, the same svar. When you leave partial over, so you're not making a full Kenyan. But here, you didn't leave anything over and therefore it should be considered a full Kenyan. However, Rav Sheshis disagrees. <laughs> we had this great svara. We were inspired by Rabbi Baravuna. Rav Sheshis shuts it down. He says, no, both of them don't get Makudesh. Why? We already saw this. If somebody whispers into your ear and says, no, if he says the following brisa to try to get you off the rails and agree with Rabbi Baravuna to say, shivcha harufa, what's, what, what would be whispering to your ear? He'd go back to shivcha harufa. After all, we know that shivcha harufa is very confusing. Even Raj says, this is confusing. Is she Mekudesha? Is she not? What's her deal? So if they tell you, you know, in the Torah, there's a Chetzi Shivcha Chetzi Bechorin, what does the Torah say? I'm a Russell Evet Ivri. Right. What's the case of the Shivcha Charufa? We still don't know. There's a Machlokas, and here's the Machlokas right now. Some say that she was Chetzi Shivcha Chetzi Bechorin that was engaged, so to speak, had Kiddushim with an Evet Ivri. So if that's the case, Amabas Isrusahi. And if somebody tells you that that means that you can be Mikadesh, Emor low, says Rosh Hashanah, tell him, no, that's not the case of the Shifcha Charufa. The Shifcha Charufa, Klach Eitzel Rabbi Shmuel. He says, go and examine what Rabbi Shmuel said. Shuhu Amar B'Shifcha Kananis, Ivri. That's talking about a what? A total Shifcha Kananis, who is Merasal Evet Ivri. Shifcha Kananis, Basi Surahi? Wait. Could she, could she be, have Kiddushin? Of course not. Shifcha Kananis can be, she doesn't have any Ben Choran, nothing. So therefore, that's the case of the Shifcha Charufa. And therefore, the Shifcha Charufa, who we said was a half and half, and she, it sounds like she's in some way Mikudashas, it's not a Shifcha, it's not a half and half, 
she's not really mekudeshes. Elamayis lachlemeima. So how is she mekudeshes? My meureses. What does it mean if she's a shifcha kenanis? What does it mean to say that she's meureses? Means meyuchedes, right? They're they're going steady. They're, she's been designated, and again, the whole part of shifcha charufa is very unclear. But the but according to Rabbi Shmuel, it's referring to what a shifcha kenanis. Uh, that was designated, and the halacha of shivcha charufa would apply to her, but it has nothing to do with a chatzi shivcha, right? Chatzi baschorin getting actually mikudesha. So achinami, my meureses miyuchedet here too. When you say so, when you're talking about shivcha, uh, shivcha, uh, uh, and uh, half shivcha, half uh, baschorin, we're going to say she was only designated, not actually mikudesha. So now let's go back to whether you can marry her. An unbelievable idea. You have a marriage to a guy, and then the guy is Meshachar her, and then his brother married her. Again, who got married? The Chetzir Shivcha Chetzir Baschorin. So it's very obvious, guys. <laughs> if, she, if she married, I <laughs> know, no, no, but here's the case. If she's allowed to get married, so then. Ruvain, we'll call Ruvain and Shimon here. If she's allowed to get married, then Ruvain actually married her. And then, even though, and then when Ruvain died, right, his brother is supposed, again, this is Yibum, so he died childless, so she's really married to the first one. And the marriage to the second one doesn't work. And if she wasn't allowed to marry Ruvain, but again, what did Ruvain do? He, he freed her. So then once she freed her, she was in fact allowed to marry Shimon. And therefore, Shimon's the husband. So she only has one husband. That's halacha. The halacha is that Yibam only works when you have only one brother that's dead. Right? Here you have two brothers died. Uh, one Baal has to be dead. You can't be married to two dudes uh, at the same time. How are you married to two dudes? Well, it can theoretically happen because if an original husband is married and then died child, dies childless <coughs> and one of his brothers does mimer, which is a Darabonin Kiddushan, as we learned in Masechus Yivamos, so then, and then the person who did Maimer dies, now that, she's going to need Chalitza. She can't have Yibam because she technically was attached to the original husband and the one who did Maimer. In that scenario, we don't do Yibam, we do Chalitza. But in this scenario, that's not what happened. In this scenario, you had an original Baal, and then he did Shichur, and then you had a second Baal. So, so if he did Shichur, so if the original marriage worked, so then he did Shichur, and he's the only Baal, and the second one shouldn't have been allowed to marry her. And that's not a kiddushin. If the original marriage didn't work, so then he did, sh- and he was just her master, and he was a shachar her. So then the second marriage worked. Either way, you do yibum. That's what we, as we turn to Amid Beis, it says, Right? Rashi explains how it works, but I just said it outside. She's considered as only having had one husband because of manafshach, right? As we say, mi manafshach, e kiddushin to Reuven kiddushin, kiddushin to Shimon lav kiddushin, right? If Reuven's marriage was good, then Shimon's marriage was not good, and therefore Levi, the third brother, is going to do. Yibum uh, to write for Ruvain. Be Kedushin to Shimon Kedushin. And if the second marriage was good, which is to say that the first marriage was not good, so then Levi can do Yibum on Shimon. Kedushin to Ruvain, live Kedushin. So this is, uh, let's see, we have a half a minute and we're four lines down. So we're going to have, we have a new topic there and it's going to take us all the way down to the Mishnah in the middle of Mem Gimel Bays. So that's how we're going to sort out this issue of the Kiddushin of the woman of the Chatzi Shifcha, Chatzi Bas Chorin. And so, uh, be that as it may, in this particular case, the fact that she does Yibum does not necessarily indicate which Kiddushin was good, because if Chatzi Shifcha and Chatzi Bachorin works, so then Reuben was married to her. But if it doesn't work, then Shimon was married to her. So, we haven't resolved that issue yet. Maybe we'll resolve it tomorrow. Stay tuned.